Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 81. Now, this podcast sounds a little bit different, and that's by design. We are actually on location at Press Tulsa with the uh, co-owners of Press. And so it's going to sound a little bit different because we're actually broadcasting from the yoga room. Uh, it's the hot yoga room. And so uh, this is our first podcast in our socks and bare feet. And we're sweating a little bit, but hey, it's all chicken but the bone, right? So anyway, um, I want to read a little bit of a bio on Claire and Brady because... Uh, I first met them at One Million Cups over at 36 and heard their story and heard uh, what they were doing in terms of launching this business. And so I'm really excited to share it with my audience today because I think there's a lot that we can learn from them and some of the preparation that they've done and some of the success that they've seen so far. Um, But we're actually now three months into this business and I'm really excited to see all the wonderful things that they've accomplished. So uh, let me talk a little bit about the co-owners, uh, co-owners and then we'll go ahead and get into this. Uh, Brady Balu is from Maryland, uh, Washington, played collegiate soccer at Seattle University where he graduated with a degree in strategic communications. He moved to Tulsa following graduation and played three seasons of professional soccer with the Tulsa Roughnecks starting in 2015. He scored the first goal in the club's modern history. He played abroad in Thailand and England. This season, Brady is working as a marketing specialist and broadcast analyst for the Roughnecks and playing for the Tulsa Athletic. Brady works full-time at Press as cafe director. Both Brady and Claire are ambassadors for Lululemon Tulsa. Now, Claire is a Tulsa native as she attended Bishop Kelly High School and the University of Notre Dame, where she graduated with a degree in liberal arts and education. She came back to Tulsa following graduation to work at This Land Press as a book editor. In 2014, she became a Yoda certified teacher through Breathe and Body Yoga in Austin, Texas, and in fall of 2015 moved to England and started a master's in screen media and culture at the University of Cambridge. Following graduation, again moved back to Tulsa and began work as a strategist at creative agency Gitwit. Claire teaches nine yoga classes each week at press and is the studio director. I actually made it through that pretty good. That so, good hey, yeah. hey, only a couple screw ups <laughs> on that. So, Claire and Brady, welcome to the podcast. Say hello to the audience. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so, I want to uh, take a minute for you guys to talk a little bit of the history of press. So, this is something that is a unique concept. Uh, so, the audience probably doesn't have a good understanding of who you are and, and especially what press is. So, if you can, talk a little bit about what this place is and how it came to be. Perfect. Uh, Press Cafe and Yoga is uh, what the name suggests. We are a cafe with coffee, beer, wine, smoothies, and right on the other side of the wall of the cafe is the hot yoga room. Um, So it really is a dual concept space, 50-50. We're located in the Archer Building, downtown Tulsa, uh, in the Arts District. So it's been a great three months, like you said so far. 
Yeah, so it's a lot of people ask, or, or we say we're a yoga studio and a coffee shop, and people ask, like, am I doing yoga in the middle of people drinking coffee? And it's, no, it's completely divided, right? Um, mm-hmm. But the idea came about because we were in Seattle visiting some friends, and um, there's this shop there that was a full menu cafe. Um, so it was full menu cafe, they had a retail shop on the other side, and we went down these big stairs, and it was a TRX gym, they had like a yoga room, it was a massive space. Um, but we thought that was so cool that there were so many things going on inside of that one space that all worked together. Um, so we came back to town and we were kind of thinking like there's nothing really dual concept here that felt dual concept but intentional. And so um, we, we were looking at all these old spaces and old buildings and we thought, God, something like that could be really cool in Tulsa and then I teach yoga. Brady is really interested in coffee. We both are, and so those are our, those are skill sets. Um, <laughs> so from there, it, it, it evolved into press. Yeah. When I heard your kind of pitch at the uh, One Million Cups, you talked a lot about um, that dual purpose thing that you saw. And what I really liked about your kind of story of, of how this whole thing come, came together was you saw something that you thought was cool outside of Tulsa. And you said, how can we align this with some of the things that we're passionate about and some of the things that we enjoy doing? And so you essentially reversed engineered something and made it fit what you guys are passionate about. Essentially, yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, we, it, at times it can feel like uh, you know this had been done before because of something in Seattle, but um, I think we truly made it our own by applying our skill sets. And I think uh, doing it in Tulsa was something that was really strategic for us. Um, and that Tulsa's in the midst of this huge boom right now and uh, there was no better you know, feeling than to get to be a part of it. Um, and so that's why it was easy to build it here. We wanted to build it here. It made the most sense to build it here. There, Tulsa's asking young people to get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, it was at a time when we were very seriously considering options to like go to other cities or um, take jobs in New York or move to Iceland for a while. Um, so it was definitely not, um, we weren't always set on staying here from the start. Um, but as we thought about press more and about what it would take to start it here versus other places and the community aspect, like it's really important for us that, um, you know, we always felt so connected and and so being a part of a community and being a hub of that community um, was something we were really passionate about. And so um, as we kind of looked at our options, it was like press can almost work the best yeah. in Tulsa as opposed to anywhere else, you know? Well, that's great. But you also had a little bit of a catalyst in the uh, rollout of press and that's sure. in, in the form of the Tulsa Startup Series. So uh, tell the audience a little bit about what that is and then uh, exactly what you guys had to do to get involved with that. I was thinking about this the other day actually. So we were, it was right after we had started really seriously moving forward with press. So uh, January of last year, January 2017 I guess. So I think we were sitting on the couch in like March uh, and we were just looking at some resources for entrepreneurs in Tulsa and came across the startup series um, and we were looking through all of the the categories and it was like oh I think we I think we I think we could enter this like I think we should enter this um, and then you look at the big prize at the end and you're like we should definitely enter this <laughs> um, 
But so we were familiar with 36 Degrees North. Mm-hmm. Um, we were familiar with the Lobeck Taylor Family Foundation. Of course, this building is with the Kaiser Family Foundation, mm-hmm. so we knew like the great things that they do and how supportive they are for entrepreneurs. Um, and then the barrier to entry was so low, right? You create, I think, a 30-second video or something like that. So um, we entered, we made a video, and then got into our our category competition and put together a pitch deck and um, it was really fun actually because it forced us to think through a lot of aspects of press and like put it down on paper you know yeah I think that's the best part about the startup series is it makes you learn your business uh, to the point where um, you you know every answer that could or every question that could come back to you so uh, it makes you prepared for when you're at those awkward like family events and you know you have your like weird uncle asking you about you know X, Y, and Z and you're able to answer because of the startup series because you, you need to know the, the X, Y's and Z's of your business before anyone can really take you serious. I think if I heard you correctly, you actually said it was fun putting together a business plan and preparing this. That I think that that's kind of a crazy statement sometimes because you feel like sometimes Everyone looks at the final product as being the fun part, and, right. and that being the minutia, but for you, the actual creating part was, was the fun part. Why do you think that is? Yeah, so we had, we had written a business plan before the startup series, mm-hmm. and had had to have that to like get the space and um, everything else lined up, so a lot of the information that went into our startup series pitch, we had compiled right before. Um, but yeah, I think it is fun, because you are, you should be obsessed with your business concepts like we became obsessed with um you know like how our target persona was living in Tulsa and how many of them there were and how often they would do yoga and what their habits were you know like we loved thinking about that and for the record we did have to google business plan. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is actually the funny part of the story. We we were interested in this space in this building, right? Yeah. Uh, and so they said, so I got a meeting and we were, we had set up the meeting time and um, uh, the Kaiser Foundation was like, great, just um, send us over your business plan um, before the meeting. And the meeting was like next week. Yeah. So we spent that weekend Googling <laughs> and writing a yeah. business plan. Having to Google multiple words that like we're headers in a business plan like oh, what yeah. does that mean and you know so i think uh it obviously fa- it's fake it till you make it yeah it really is yeah well that's what and then so this is a question we get a lot of the time when we talk about this it's like people are like how did you know how to write a business plan i yeah. didn't go to business school we don't have business degrees they're like how did you know how to write business plans and we're like we didn't mm-hmm. we but you did but the resources are online and they're like if you're curious or passionate enough like You'll be able to Google or Bing enough yeah. search results where you'll get somewhere. Yeah. You know? so. I love how we got a Bing shout out. That was uh, <laughs> okay. Ask since Ask Jeeves has gone, Bing oh. is my new number two. I was an Alta Vista guy. Uh, so. Dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think when, when I think about the audience, the audience is essentially in your age demographic. But even for me, there's so many things that you can learn if you're proactive and intentional with your time. Uh, and again, you, you said you were passionate about, you are obsessed with your business, and I think that's great. But I think it takes away the work part of it for you to where every part of the process is very enjoyable. So um, I interviewed Josh Juarez with uh, Josh's Snow Shack, I have to yeah. say that correctly. Um, and he was talking about how when he went back to, to take some classes about tax, 
when he was doing his snow cone shack, he was like, he loved tax all of a sudden because it was applicable to what he was already working with. And so I think that when you really find that concept or that idea that you're passionate about uh, and that you just absolutely enjoy it, that's what, what they're talking about when they're talking about, like, if you find what you truly love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I, I know there's a lot of people that always question that, that comment or that, that statement. And I've, I've, run I've run across a lot of people in the podcast that I believe are actively walking out the, uh, that statement because it's not necessarily that you're not working. I would venture to say you're definitely working. But the work itself is enjoyable and it's something that you feel like you're investing into because you know that if you pour your heart and soul into it, that there's going to be something much greater for you on the other side. Definitely. I think at this point, uh, being open three months, even inventory is fun because uh, one, it's up to us to do. No one's going to do it for you. And three, it's how much stuff have you sold? You yeah. know. And so uh, I think you, it's like glass half full all the time here. Yeah, to the point of like I'm in this room mopping the floor and sometimes I'll look around and be like, oh my God, it exists, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So we're still definitely in the honeymoon phase. Honeymoon phase. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like sleep deprived honeymoon phase for sure. For sure. Um, but no, it's it's like, it, first of all, you just learn so much. Mm -hmm. Like like I said, we're, we, we, didn't, we didn't go to business school. So there's so much that we learned throughout the process from like, paperwork you have to do to yeah. legal structure to like construction mm. to code code yeah. to marketing ourselves as a new business to just like systems you know so it's it's cool to just be so actively learning something that yeah you're you're in, you're insanely interested in because it's yours right and everything's on the line yeah, yeah everything Everything's on the line. And I think that's what kind of puts some of that onus back onto you where you enjoy it. Because like you said, if you don't order inventory, nobody's going to do that. And right. it's, it's almost like at some point, you've, you've grown up a little bit, but you, you, you realize that a lot of that stuff doesn't just show up for you. You have to go out there and get it. But because you own it, because it's your idea, and it's basically what you've put your livelihood on, it takes on a whole new meaning for you and it makes it that much more exciting and it's like other people's daily lives too i think it's something we're feeling right now especially as like press is part of other people's daily routines at this point mm -hmm. um which is crazy to think about and think like if i don't get up and open the doors at 5 30 there are going to be people who show up at six to take a yoga class who that's part of their day you know so it's it trickles right yeah it trickles down well, I love how you also talked about just, just Googling it or binging it. Um, I did go to business school, and I still believe that I would have to look that stuff up. So don't feel bad about that at all because... You hear a, that, guys? Yeah. A lot has changed from when... And, and that's the sad thing is how long it's been. But a lot has changed since then. But even starting this podcast, I had to Google and learn how to start a podcast and learn how to edit uh, audio and those kinds of things. And for me, like we're talking hours of just watching these videos on YouTube or, or reading these blogs or listening to these audio courses. And I'm just sitting there going, uh, you know, man, I really hope that this turns into something because if it doesn't, I've just spent a lot of time listening to other people talk about these things. But the cool thing about it is, and, and, and I'm sure you guys run into it as well, like when you learn how to do it and then you actually do it and it works, the payoff is enormous. You can conquer the world with yeah. that attitude. Yeah, it's 
that that's something that we've definitely experienced here in that uh, we you create a business plan you 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 know give it to people and you present and you do all these talks and these things and you have to prove yourself and then you have we have a brick and mortar now and it's it's real and it's I think it's most importantly we've proved it to ourselves that we can do it but then you're proving it to the world too there's definitely an aspect of like look we did it yeah. you know we put our money where our mouth was and there's something like really rewarding about that um, on a personal level yeah so a um, little bit of a spoiler alert not only did you get accepted into the Tulsa Startup Series but you actually won the Tulsa Startup Series so congratulations on that Thank and you. so uh, talk a little bit about that just the whole when it got down to the final thing and you're presenting it before uh, all the judges what, what was going through your mind and, and at that point were you so committed to it that you were just like it doesn't matter because we're just enjoying this or was there a lot of nerves at that point we were honestly so excited to talk about press like we always approached it um, people haven't been able to experience it yet. So this is our time to tell everyone what's been going on. You know, you don't have that many opportunities where you have someone's five minutes of undivided attention where yeah. you can just talk about yourself. Um, so it was, it, was, it was cool to show people all of the work that we've done. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think that we understood how much that that prize would help the opening of our business and make it a lot more worry-free at that point. Um, but, you know, we were so, uh, we were experts at that point, right? We've mm -hmm. been doing it, we've been living it for months that we could do the whole pitch. We, pra I mean, we did work, we practiced a lot for that, but we could do the whole pitch yelling it across the apartment to each other. You know, like, we didn't need the pitch deck. Um, it, should, it should probably be known whether we won the startup series or not, we were committed to doing to it. Doing it. Yeah. And it, it was already in the works. So mm -hmm. um, I think that also took a little bit of the stress out of it, is like we knew regardless we had budgeted and financially planned for uh, the opening of press in just a matter of, like, days after the final. Yeah. Uh, pitch and so that definitely takes some of the tension off your shoulders you're like look win or lose like we're still like chasing our dream and about to like achieve it in a way so um, that definitely like made us more comfortable and I think also really worked in our favor it's that sure. competition because um, you know we were able to show how we would immediately mm -hmm. use it and the immediate payback to the community right so that's something that the startup series seems really interested in is like how is this gonna come back to help Tulsa and we were able to say okay in two weeks when we open our doors like you're gonna yeah. see this or experience this it's gonna be in part because of this competition so I think it did work in our favor for sure did you watch some of the other presentations were they more conceptual like if we win this we will do or was a lot of them pretty far along the lines like you were it was a mix yeah there were there were some that were definitely like still prototyping mm -hmm. really really um, like detailed and uh, high-tech products you know like stuff that we were very impressed by but they were definitely still prototyping and it seemed to be something where um, you wouldn't see the returns on that for a few more years um, where we could return that in about two weeks yeah just yeah. based on yeah. when we are opening day yeah you know, so that worked in our favor yeah. uh, a huge amount yeah. so a week or so before the submission yeah. you're googling uh, business plans now you're at a point where you're presenting this and you're seeing people with prototypes and technology and all these other things. 
did a little bit of flash of a, oh my gosh, what are we doing here? Kind of come over you at any point? No. <laughs> no, not at all. Really? No, I think we were just so uh, confident in the experience that we were going to be offering uh, in press. And we knew uh, we'd had enough feedback in the community and just with friends and family that, and, and then each other. I mean, 100% of our conversations the six months before were about every little detail of press and so I think we were just so sure of it that uh, I, I remember saying you know the two days before the final pitch it's like Claire look we're gonna win like we're gonna win this thing because we know it but we know our product better than anyone else because we're in the middle of building it and we'd, we'd been so invested and it just everything had kind of the stars had aligned and yeah. so we I don't think we did feel any nervousness even though all the other like concepts and products were brilliant yeah. you know yeah. and great people too yeah and i don't i don't i want people to know like how much research and work we did yeah. building this thing like it's it was i mean we were in census data we had cost breakdowns of everything we had surveyed like a hundred people and we tested and um we counted foot traffic at other cafes uh, certain mornings, times of day. Yeah, we yeah. spent mornings watching other people get coffee. We yeah. have taught yoga for years at different studios. You know, so, like, we knew our stuff, which I think did make those days leading up to the finals feel much better because we just knew it. We were looking forward to the questions the judges were asking. We really wanted them to be hard questions. Yeah, I'd, we'd sit across from each other at the dinner table and I would just like spring a question on Claire of just like something a judge could ask. You yeah. know, just something even like crazy. Really yeah, just really. And that was like our practice that we just kind of like laughed back and forth over. Yeah. The awesome thing about that, I'm going to read um, a quote from one of the judges that was in the Tulsa world, and I think this helps kind of better communicate your point, which is um, they had all their ducks in a row. They were very articulate. They were borderline overqualified for what they were setting out to do. They were just impressive. Great adjectives are oozing out of every orifice of their opportunity, uh, and that's Wes Bergman. Um, I still feel like there's a better way to say that, but uh, that right there, when I read that, I sat there and said, man, can somebody say that about my business? Can somebody say that about the things that I do? Can someone say that about this podcast? I don't know. So I guess my question is, how do you take something from uh, just, again, an idea of something that, you, that you're passionate about, you think might be something, and, and help foster it all the way to the point where now we're standing inside the brick and mortar and, and you're hearing things like that from a judge uh, who's, who's, uh, who's judging the competition you enter. You have to have really good people in your lives that will be honest with you. Uh -huh. um, if you don't have that, like, you're going to get this false reality uh, that you build up in your head because obviously you think it's a great idea because it more than likely probably serves your need, um, which is where a lot of business comes from, which is great. But uh, we had some really great conversations with family members and friends and colleagues and um some of the best advice we got were in those conversations because, you know, they they knew they had to be real because that's what friends and family do. You know, yeah. you don't you don't lead each other down these like random winding trails. Yeah. You know? We were begging for a no from people. Yeah. Right. Like you tell them all of your plans and then you beg them to tell you why it's not going to work. You know, mm -hmm. which Tolsons are so nice. <laughs> yeah. Tolsons are too nice. Yeah. And so if you just ask someone random, hey, 
hey, do you want to go to a hot yoga studio that's connected to a coffee shop? They're going to be like, yeah, it sounds amazing. You're, you're begging people to point out the flaws to the plan. Um, and then like continually refining it to get better. But yeah, we had, <clears throat> excuse me, so many people help us too. You know, um, we relied a lot on ourselves, but then also on where, where we don't have areas of expertise. We were not afraid to ask. Our financial guy is Claire's father. Our accountant is Claire's sister-in-law. Um, we worked with GetLit, where I also work for the help with branding. We we leaned on a lot of people that we trusted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Connect and the and like the connections that you've made over your life. So you can call someone up and ask them. If I were to be trying to get a liquor license, <laughs> yeah. Conceptually, <laughs> what would I do? Yeah. yeah. And they're like, Google it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I feel like this podcast needs to be sponsored by Google. And I know. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you had that because what you're talking about is community. The importance of having that support group, having that community around you to support you. And I think you said it earlier, that's why Tulsa was a prime location for you because you felt like the community was very receptive to you guys, right? Because you're from here and you're a transplant into here, but you've done a lot of things here. And so uh, just with the things that Loba Taylor's done and the Kaiser family's done, it just, it all starts to blend together. But when you have that support, it's not just you. You know that you're uh, you're helping, uh, or they're helping you, and, and they have your back. And so it almost uh, it accelerates that process. But at the same point, I think it take, helps you take it more seriously too, because all these people are now cheering for you. You've put this idea out there, and you're sitting there going, "I'm going to do this." And then about halfway through, you're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know if I, I sat in a coffee shop, and I don't know if that's something that's." There might be a problem here. But you're like, nope, got to power through. Got to figure out how to make a way to make it work. I think once you make an Instagram, it's like that's when it gets real, right? That's where everyone's like, at least our community is really yeah. interacting. And so, I I really feel like once we had like an Instagram handle, it's like, oh man, this just got real because yeah, people could associate it with us uh -huh. and watch it grow before it even opened. Yeah, yeah, we hadn't planned to launch that. Uh, because we knew we were going to open in the fall. So yeah. we were like, what's the point of launching all this media before? But then we won the category. Mm -hmm. Our logo had just been finished. So the day after, we were like, we've got to put the logo on the Instagram. We have to have something up there for people to find. Um, but we weren't planning on doing So we were kind of forced into announcing it prematurely. Yeah, we, were, we were forced into joining Instagram. <laughs> and it's, it's provided to be our best outlet for communication yeah. and yeah. um you know it built us the the day we opened i think we hit a thousand followers yeah. on instagram really? for us that's that's a huge reach for the day you open you can let a thousand people directly know that your doors are open and that was something that ended up being so influential to you know our initial push as a business so yeah, but as to community, we always said that that was like our biggest, one of our biggest competitive advantages was yeah. all the people that we were partnering with, like before we even opened, you know, like we don't make our own baked goods, but we partner with Kitchen 66 companies mm -hmm. and we um, partner with Lululemon and we have these other community partnerships. And I think it's something that we're now finding more and more as more people approach us wanting to do things with press since it exists now. Um, but it's so cool to see small businesses in Tulsa. Like mm -hmm. we've experienced it on the personal level, um, but now as business owners see small businesses want to work together is really cool. 
So you launched the Instagram, you won the Tulsa Startup Series, so it's, it's out there, it's rolling along. What, what do you believe besides um, just the, the, or maybe it was, the press that you got from it, um, what do you think the competition really did for you guys by winning it? Because you guys, like you said, you're going to launch anyway. Yeah. It makes you know the ins and outs of every uh, sector of your business. You know, you have to be sure of it. And, you, and it makes you, once those doors open and someone asks that question about where did you guys source your paper from, mm. you know that answer because you, you just had to. You know, yeah. um, you, you didn't have a choice but to be like thoroughly invested in yourself. Yeah, and then actually the publicity. Yeah. I mean, we got huge exposure to groups. I'm sure we wouldn't have gotten exposure to right off the bat. Um, but people then were coming up to us and you know being like, oh, I saw you at the startup series, or tell me about that. And all my mom's friends were saving the newspaper and all that, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely knowledge and publicity. So now we're three months from being open. Yeah. Um, I know that you guys were very thorough in everything that you were planning and projecting and everything else. Uh, what were some of the things that you learned from the launch and what, what would you say some of the things that you didn't anticipate? Because I, I know there's got to be something you didn't anticipate. You'll never be ready to open your doors. Yep. I think that's something we've both uh, agreed on right away. Like, There's never going to be a perfect time to start, but you've got to start. We have a, a, a saying called take imperfect action. I think the founder of LinkedIn said that and, and it ties perfectly into what you're talking about is because if you really analyze every single thing, you get that analysis paralysis and you just, you just never launch, you just never get out there. And so um, recognizing that and still launching and just be like, hey, it is what it is. It, this is something we've been working on. We said this is gonna be the date, this is the date. And you know we're ninety five percent there, but we're there. We're here. We're open. Come on in. And I think that that's so important that you take that imperfect action. Yeah, For sure. Um, I'd say also be consistent. Yeah. Um, so that's something that we had really wanted to be. You know, like don't change your yoga class times, or don't you know strive to make every cup of coffee the same for someone or be consistent in the experience that they're getting when they walk through the door um, so that's something that's you know difficult especially when you have other people and other employees and things like that but uh, it's something that we definitely were conscious of and I think is like a challenge right to always be consistent um, yeah. but something I think that makes you really strong as a brand yeah it we had some really good advice. Uh, we were at a, a Christmas party, and uh, we, had, we were talking to somebody about our 6 a.m. yoga class time was, was doing okay in terms of attendance, and we were like, we want to change it to maybe 7 o'clock, and she was the owner of a CrossFit gym or something like that, and uh, she said, don't change it. Like, stick to your guns. You guys picked that class time for a reason. She's like, it's going to take time, and I think the next week, you know, we averaged the highest average at 6 a.m. Mm. Uh, that we've done. And she was totally right. And we had picked those times for a reason. So I think that kind of, you know, touches on what Claire said about consistency. It's, you know your brand better than anybody else. And you did the research to make certain things a certain way and stick to it. Like, really invest in it. And then if it really, after a long period of time, isn't working, you know, then, you know, pivot from there. Readjust. Yeah. Make a make a calculated change. Yeah, something we've also um, 
preach to ourselves like the first three months is uh, uh, the law of averages, right? Mm -hmm. So there's going to just be times that don't make sense that no one's walking through the door or other times when you're crazy busy that don't make sense. Um, And so it's like, you can't overanalyze it, right? You can, but... You'll drive yourself crazy. You'll drive yourself crazy. So, you know, look at your averages. Um, I think, especially right off the bat, you're really excited what happens in the first few days or like the first months. And and it's it's like kind of hard sometimes to be like, okay, take a step back, Mm -hmm. you know, take a step back and first of all, appreciate it. And second of all, look at the bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. Every day was like our opening day. We'd be like Bill Gates or something, you know, like you, like after the first day, I remember looking clear, I'm like, if we did this every day, you know, we would, we could retire soon. And that is such a false reality. Um, But it was really cool to have that first day where everyone, you know, gave us a try or stopped by or said hi. Mm -hmm. But not every day is your first day of business. Yeah. And then probably another thing that we've learned is like how to recharge, like the importance of recharging and how to recharge. Because as as new business owners, like you're in it, you know, you're here all the time and you're working all the time. And so when you get away, you have to get away, even if it's just for an hour, like turn out the lights, take a nap, you know, or go for a run or something like that. Do nothing. Do nothing. I think the importance of doing nothing has never been more important to me. You know, like I'm so fixated lately on just shutting off everything. And it's okay to sit on your couch for an hour with the TV not on and just like go be mindless. You know, it's there. That's important. It's really important. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I have a, a conflicting theory to that because if you do that, that's when my mind starts churning because I've, uh, yeah. I've cleared all of the things that I have to worry about off the table and I'm just sitting there going, I, I think I could, if I did this and this, I could do that. And it's, it's almost like your subconscious mind takes over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had Joey Papa on the podcast a couple episodes ago and he was talking about how sometimes your greatest ideas come from when you're using the bathroom or you're sitting on the couch watching a show or whatever else and it's you've you've disengaged from the the primary action but your mind never stops working and so sometimes you actually have the the stillness to actually hear some of those ideas that your subconscious is coming up with so i definitely encourage you to do i don't know that i can truly sit still (laughs) for all that because probably about five minutes into it i'll be like all right, I, I think yeah. I have an idea here, especially when you're that vested into something. I think for us, because we are standing up, engaging with customers for 12 to 14 hours a day, and Claire, when she's in a yoga class, she's talking for 60 minutes straight, and no one's talking back to her. It's just a one-way conversation. <laughs> and so I think when we do get home, it's so nice to be quiet yeah. and let your mind be still because the other 12 hours of the day... You know, it's go, go, go. And I think people in all realms of work, like press is no like different than any of like a lot of other places. But uh, I think we've just really honed in on just like shutting our minds off when we go home. Yeah. Whenever you so you're three months into it, like you said, you had the grand opening and all those things are happening. And so you're seeing a lot of people come in, but you also said there's a law of averages, right? So there's times when you're really busy and then there's times when it's dead. So for, for, for now, like, how do you really gauge success for yourself? How do you walk, go home and say, we had a good day today? Because 
especially when you're starting something, there's so many bills up front, there's so many things that you're trying to do in processes and whatever else. And I think it's easy to get discouraged as a business owner when you look at the mountain of things that you're trying to accomplish. Uh, so what does success look like for you? Because I know a lot of times we're talking on this podcast about success is being more multifaceted than just income or status. And you're in a situation where you own something, right? This is your idea and it's out there. But what does success look like for you on a day-to-day basis and, and long-term as well for press? I think for me, success comes in so many different channels. I think a big part of it is when someone leaves press with a smile on their face and like, thank you so much. Or I hear them over, uh, you know, talking in a different part of the cafe saying, this place is so cute or oh, I love this. Like Tulsa needs more of this. Or the, my favorite one, oh, this place feels so LA, so New York. So whatever place they associated with, um, in the end, I want them to think this place feels so Tulsa, yeah. but it's so cool that they're attaching our little business to some place that they've had a great memory. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, like that's what success ultimately feels like yeah um for me it's just so like as the yoga teacher inside of me it's so cool just to see someone struggle uh-huh. and then love it and then come back yeah. and then maybe they come back for a month every day and then maybe they're here three months later and they've never practiced yoga before you know um so just seeing people's personal success tied to your success like that's not something that's super common yeah and you can see it in people's bodies like that's crazy um so that's the yoga teacher side of me success um i think there's another success that's like people are choosing to spend part of their day here which is huge Mm -hmm. we make those choices every day too and certainly don't have to choose here um and then in the like more monetary way um you know we want to be we want press to be something we didn't start press with the intention that it's lasting a year you know we started press with the intention that it's becoming something in the fabric of downtown and it's a huge component of health and lifestyle in downtown Tulsa so you know we certainly have big goals and um we're meeting those initial goals uh, which is fantastic but we want to grow yeah that's awesome. Well, I love how you talked about from a yoga teacher standpoint, seeing other people's success and helping other people succeed. Because that's a lot of things that we talk about here is uh, a sign of true leadership is serving other people and helping other people. As a leader, your job is to help other people be successful. And as a byproduct of that, you see that success because you're helping those people. But uh, don't ever diminish that role of it just yeah. because it's a yoga thing. Because yeah. in business, that's probably one of the most important things. And I, and I feel like it gets misplaced often because it always goes, I need to be, I need to have this much uh, amount of income coming in, or I need to have this amount of revenue, or this much percentage growth, or whatever else. And I, I think it's an, important to look at some of the other side of it because if you're truly helping people the byproduct of that is going to be the financial thing, but it comes as a result of helping your team being the best that they possibly can be. Cause really you don't need them if they, if you can do it all for them, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So helping that person grow into that role that allows you to remove that bottleneck, which is yourself from that. I think that's so important. And it's just, it's a theme that continually comes up and I'm glad that you brought it up because that's a big part of, of, 
why that we have this podcast here is because I think when I think back to when I was 25, my view of success was very narrow. My view was I gotta have, I gotta be a president. I gotta, I gotta be running a company. I gotta be, uh, I gotta drive this kind of car. I gotta live in this kind of house. And I had it all backwards and it, sh- it showed up in how I managed people or how I led people. And so the sooner that you can figure that out and the sooner that you can express that uh, as a leader to two leaders, I think that's where you're gonna see the most success in your business in, in terms of like purpose of what you're doing as well as a leader, that's where your sense of satisfaction is going to come and, and completion in, in what you're doing. So I appreciate you guys sharing that. We need to kind of wind it down a little bit, but I appreciate you guys taking uh, the, the, the time to chat with us. There's one thing that we haven't talked about yet, and I, it, there was so much positivity surrounding uh, the launch of press. It was to the point where you guys, like you said, you were searching for that no. You were searching for that person to say, hey, I think that there's a real challenge here. Uh, and when we talked a little bit on the pre-show, mm-hmm. you mentioned that there was one thing, and, and I'm really curious to get into this because I think this is a, a really exciting thing for pe- that people probably don't think about, but it's, it's very uh, integral into the success of press. So what would you say was the biggest risk when people were looking at press? Oh, it's um, because Brady and I are together. It's our relationship. <laughs> it's, um, uh, you know, we are a couple, and... It's something that a lot of people like they feel bad mentioning or something but it's the most real risk going into it was mm-hmm. someone should have been asking us more what if you break up um, and my my uncle very early on no one had you know quite put it that bluntly and we were giving him the businessman and he's a businessman and uh, and so we said okay like what questions do you have what's what's the biggest risk factor here? I think we asked him and he said, well, you guys, you know, like who gets it if you, you know, if yeah. you separate and, and we were like, yeah, that's the biggest risk for sure. Uh-huh. Um, and so we were so ready to answer that question in the startup series. We prepped every time. Um, but it, it didn't come up, but, uh, you know, I feel no pressure to propose. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we love. Newspapers ask us what the caption of the photo should be, and now we've just started saying Tulsa couple. Yeah. <laughs> you just pick something and you run the Tulsa couple. couple. But, um, you know, I think like our, you have to think about that, right? Yeah. And uh, I think it's the same regardless, I mean, it's different depending upon the relationship between any co-owners. But the simple fact is, is that you're in a relationship mm-hmm. with any co-owner. And um, it doesn't matter if it's blood, and it doesn't matter if it's a sibling or your parents or some guy you've known for two months, but you're just interested in the same things. Like, Uh there's risk there. Um, And it's just if you know how you're going to manage that relationship, I think. And I'm not saying this like we're any super pros because we've been doing it for, like, a year. Um, But I think it's just knowing, like and having respect for the different parts of your life. Like, we are different at press than we are at home. And we know when to stop talking about press and we know things that we're gonna leave at home. And whether it's, um, you know, happy things that are happening or sad things that are happening, I think it's just knowing that there's this part of our lives that's press that's in fact, so cool that we've done and built together. Yeah. 
and we're in it together. We're partners. But when we go home, we are so uncool. <laughs> we are so uncool. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I, can't I don't know. I can't stress sure. enough how uncool we are at home. Just like, just like so lame going to bed like at like eight o'clock. Yeah. Just to be ready for the next day. I know. I mean, what was you add to that? Yeah, the, the biggest risk for sure was us. Um, and I think, like, honestly, we look back and think of that conversation with Claire's uncle so mm -hmm. fondly because he was the first one that was real with us. Mm -hmm. um, and we, like, are so grateful for that short and sweet answer because it made us take a look in the mirror. And, sure. and like, we had, you know, thought of this whole idea and together and it seemed great, but then we never really 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 sat down and talked like this is us on the line if this goes you know to the wayside what happens with us because you yeah. know it's it was so much bigger than just press and you know it, it forced us to have some like really good conversations with each other and mm -hmm. we were both in line with the same thing uh and i'm so glad and grateful for claire's uncle to just bluntly <laughs> say it. just say it you know and that's what i would say to the audience today is like like Find your most honest friend or your yeah. most just dry friend you can find and just like throw your worst at them. Yeah. You know, give them everything. Give give them everything you've got with yeah. your business and just ask them to be so honest and like go in there with an open mind and a, like a bigger open heart to their feedback because six months down the line, a year down the line, even if you start your business or you don't start your business, you'll be so thankful for them being real because you know, in a way, they're probably right because they're innocently and genuinely trying to help you. Yeah. And then it's also good to think about it too. Like, it doesn't have to be this huge, big, scary, nervous thing every day. Like, how are we going to do it? Like, it's you're you're taking a risk and you're embarking on this um, amazing project with your best friend or like mm -hmm. you know the only other person that you could do it with. There's no press without Brady. Mm -hmm. There's no press without me. You know, it's both of us. So it's also the best way for it to be. <laughs> the only way for it to be. Yeah. There's we've we've talked at dinner at home a lot about, you know, we we both took a piece of paper one night and we tried to write down other people that we could have done this same thing with and not a single person showed up and obviously that's probably extremely biased of us. But we tried to take an honest approach and we just laughed at it. We're just like I guess you're the one, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or like I even like I'm... another business concept. Right, like right. Who would yeah. you start another business with? Yeah. yeah. Sounds like, like a trap conversation. I know, I don't right? know if I've got into that conversation. It does. It does. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys sharing that because I think that's it's important for you to look at when you're doing all these different things to look that it, it expands beyond just you and yourself or just the business itself. It overflows into so many different facets and, and I'm glad that you you had that uncle. I think you just called him a crazy uncle earlier in the podcast. I stand by yeah. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Uncle Richard. <laughs> but uh, I think it's awesome that you have the ability to take that kind of feedback and learn and grow from it um, because to truly be polished, you can't be offended or upset every time somebody uh, puts some sort of uh, uh, rough concept or a rough feedback to, to what you have that's to be polished you have to have that you have to grind off those jagged edges that you might not see and that really gives you that opportunity uh, to be successful well guys i appreciate you taking the time to, to be here on the podcast i always leave the last question uh, uh, to you guys and, and it's the opportunity to speak directly to the audience 
Um, knowing what you guys know about the audience and what you've gone through in terms of creating this amazing environment, what would your message be to young business leaders? Build it here in Tulsa. This place is itching for more people to take more chances. You don't have to know how to do it. Yeah. Build it here, but you also don't have to know how to do it to think about doing it. Yeah. You know? Um, take the risk of thinking more than let's do it in five years. Because that's how we used to always think. In five years, let's open something like press. And I was like, we don't have to be 35 to do this. We could be, but we don't have to be 35 to do this. We can make that investment now. That's awesome. Well, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Guys, thank you for being a part of this. Remember, choose to connect, seek development, and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.